yes, I want to figure this out as well. I want to work on this as well. I'm with you. We're in this together. We're a team, right? We're a team. When you start recognizing and using language like that together, but that will only happen when one of you chooses to articulate it. So it may be a conversation that is encouraged, urged, or recommended by one, but that conversation has to end with two. Hello, hello, hello. Welcome to On Purpose. My name is Jay Shetty and I'm so grateful and happy that you're here with me right now. I hope you've had an amazing week. I hope you've had an incredible week and I hope that you're excited for the weekend ahead. Or if you're reading, if you're sorry, if you're reading, if you're listening to this at a time when it's not a Friday, which is what it is today, which I expect you to be listening to this, then I hope you're having an amazing day wherever you are. But thank you so much for being here. And I'm really glad that you're enjoying all of this growth on self, work, and love. There are so many exciting things happening right now. I can't wait. And I want to share them with you because I feel, you know, we're getting closer. We're building a relationship. And I I genuinely mean that. Like, I feel like I'm getting to know those of you that are sharing the posts all the time on Instagram. I'm getting to see who's who's commenting all the time, who's leaving the reviews. It means it means the world to me. It genuinely, genuinely does. And today's podcast is a really, really important one because I feel so many of us, so many of us want to rebuild relationships. So many of us want to rekindle a spark. So many of us want to renew the enthusiasm we had in a relationship. So many of us need to refuel a relationship. So many of us need to redo a relationship. So many of us need to refuel, renew, rebuild, redevelop, whatever it may be, re-something a relationship. And whether that's with a partner, whether that's with your parents, whether it's with a child, whatever it may be, Whatever relationship that you want to rebuild, whether you're rebuilding trust, love, enthusiasm, energy, this is the podcast for you. And no matter whether you're going through a breakup or you're not, there's all of us, all of us know that there are relationships in our life that we can heal. All of us know that relationships are the biggest cause for concern in our life, relationships are the biggest stress in our life. It doesn't matter what car you drive, what home you're in, what holiday beach you're sitting on. If you've had a disagreement with someone, if you've had an argument with someone, that's the front of mind, right? That's what you're thinking about. That's what's going on in your head. And so this podcast is going to show you the methods, the ways in which I would recommend dealing with any situation. And of course, as I always add as a caveat, if something has been abusive or extremely toxic, then of course... That's something that I recommend you get deep insights on. But for a lot of us, maybe it's just that you don't feel the spark anymore. Or maybe you're not as excited about each other as you were when you first met. Or maybe you've just been so busy that you haven't really connected or spent time with someone recently. And I know that because I live in LA right now, which is 10 hours away from London, which is where my mom and my dad and my sister are and my extended family are, my wife's parents and my wife's family are there too. It's often hard for us to spend quality time together. So I literally just got back from having spent a couple of weeks away with my wife and her family and then with my family as well to make up for some of the time that we didn't get to spend time this year. And I know for a fact 
that when you're distant, it's so much easier for miscommunication, misconceptions, misexpectations to arise. And all of that can be solved when you make time to actually work through them effectively. So maybe you've been in one of these situations or maybe you've been let down or maybe someone's broken your trust. But inside, this is what I want you to ask yourself. Do you know that you want to make it work? And somewhere deep inside them, do they know that they want to make it work? This is such an important qualifying question. And I'll get to this in a bit, but it's such an important part of the process. Now, first of all, what you need to realize is that the feeling of wanting to rebuild, the feeling of wanting to renew, refuel, re whatever else I said, a relationship is very normal. Right? It's not weird or abnormal for this to happen. It's not weird at all. Studies state, especially in romantic relationships, that 12 to 18 months is the amount of time it takes before we start to lose interest and the original passion that brought us together. Right, That's straight from a study talking about how much time before we get bored, distracted, lose interest. And the beginning is full of excitement, surprises, learning about the other person. But then we get familiar. We get used to them. We get used to their face, their voice, and what they say, right? We stop being our best selves and they stop being their best selves and we all get a little comfortable. And this is normal. This is how humanity works. We all get to that stage. And so if we know we're getting to that stage, if you know you're getting to that stage, or if you already got there, this is about how you can turn it around if you both want to. And therefore the first step The first step is so important and so often missed, so often forgotten. It's to mutually agree to work on this. Often what happens is that one person is trying to make things better independently, right? How many times have you ever been in that situation where you're the one, you're putting in all the effort, you're putting in all the work, you're trying to change everything, you're trying to make change happen, you're making all the sacrifices, you're putting in the extra work, the extra time into this relationship. And guess what? You experience nothing or very little in return. And guess what? You naturally give up. That's one scenario. Then what happens is that maybe the other one tries. And maybe now they're the one putting in the work, but they don't feel any reciprocation. So they give up. This is what happens when you don't mutually agree to work on this. If you know deep down inside your heart that you want something to work, you have to go and make sure that they also want to make it work. It's what's known as a qualifying question. And this is used in sales all the time. So you might be wondering, why am I using a qualifying question in a relationship? But it's really important. I'll give you an example. If someone walks in to a uh, a car sales dealership, a car dealership, I guess that's what it's called, a car dealership. If someone walks into one of those, and if you start selling them the car, and then you know, 30 minutes go by and they haven't said anything and 40 minutes go by and they haven't said anything or or maybe less. And then, and then they're like, oh, actually I came to find another garage. Or maybe if it was shorter than that, they'll be like, oh, maybe I just came here to use the bathroom, right? So you've just wasted all that time and energy trying to convince them of something without actually qualifying that that's what they're looking for. And this happens to so many people, right? We don't, 
determine or diagnose or qualify and make sure that we're both working on the same thing. We just assume that we either are or we're just like, okay, only I have to work on it. I have to build it. And that's the only way it's going to work. And both of those don't work. So you have to mutually agree to work on this and make sure you qualify this. It's so important to communicate that you both want to make this work to each other. The best way to do this is be honest about what you want and see what the other person wants. Chances are, if there has been nothing serious and it's just been time, distance, busyness or spark, you'll find that you can both look towards the same future. And if someone can't commit to this, if someone can't mutually agree then why would you want to commit to them in the long term anyway? If someone's not open enough to be able to say to you that, yes, I want to figure this out as well. I want to work on this as well. I'm with you. We're in this together. We're a team, right? We're a team. When you start recognizing and using language like that together, but that will only happen when one of you chooses to articulate it. So it may be a conversation that is encouraged, urged, or recommended by one, but that conversation has to end with two. Right For this to really work, to rebuild any relationship, the conversation starts with one, but it ends with two. Right, That's the only way. So that is step number one. And I recommend something that's really important in that is before that meeting, before that conversation, before that interaction, it's really important that you both write down what you're looking for, what you want. And so then that person isn't just reacting to you in the meeting, but you're prepared. Now, Step number two, even though you've mutually agreed to work on this, we have to take responsibility individually. Let me explain. A really good thing to do is for each of you to make a list of everything you think you didn't do in the relationship. That's made it get like this. That's made it sour, right? What is it that you didn't do? We usually make a list of what we think we did do and what the other person didn't do. But what I want you to make a list of is everything you feel you didn't do, which has made the relationship go in the wrong direction, right? And actually focus on what you think the other person did right. So usually we focus on what the other person did wrong and what we did right. And I want you to flip it. And I want the other person to flip it. I want you to focus on what you did wrong and what they did right. And I want them to focus on what you did right and what they did wrong. Right? When you turn up to a meeting and a conversation with that, the results are incredible. Right? The results are amazing. Because when we make a list of our own improvements and share them, it's much less defensive, right? When you walk into a meeting and you say, I could have improved on this and I know I could have done this better. And then they come back and say, yeah, you know what? I could have done this better. You've just dropped the ego. The ego is now out, right? You have crushed the ego. You've stopped anyone from being defensive in that environment. You've removed the toxicity and the pain that comes from ego, right? And As importantly, you also get a chance to see whether what you're thinking went wrong and what they think is the same or different. You're subconsciously actually diagnosing whether you both agree whether the cause of the demise in the relationship is the same or different. 
So this is a great activity to assess expectations and what you truly believe is negatively affecting the relationship. And it's really important that both individuals come to this conversation prepared with their uh, with their lists so that you can articulate it clearly. And it's important that it's specific. It's important that it's detailed. And, and right now, if you're listening to this and you're just like, Jay, I know this would never work. I, this is never going to happen. It's, it's too idealist, whatever, whatever's going through your head right now. Do this for me. This is, this is all I want you to do. Give it a go. Experiment. Try it. Don't write it off. I have seen this method melt the toughest of hearts. I've seen this method move the most stone cold people. I've seen this method allow people to really transform. When someone comes and tells you the things they did wrong, the natural human instinct is to be compassionate, empathetic, and vulnerable rather than defensive, egotistic, and arrogant. It's usually our ego, our defensive, and our arrogance that puts the other person off, and then we're both playing from that perspective. So it's so important. Step one is mutually agree to work on this. Step two is take responsibility individually for what you could have done better and what you actually loved about what the other person was doing right. Now, step number three, let go of the past. If you really want to rebuild, if you really want to renew if you really want to refuel, if you really want to restart, you have to let go of the past. If you're dragging the past into this relationship, if you're going to bring it up again and again and again, you're never going to let someone move away from it. And if we don't let someone move away from their past, how can they build a future with us? If we don't let someone let go of their past, how can they build a future with us? So often we're the one who keeps someone's past alive in the present that they can't see a future with us. And so if you've mutually agreed to work on this, this is part of the deal. That doesn't mean you have to forget about it. It doesn't mean you have to be naive to it. It just means that if you haven't healed it, heal it. If you haven't solved it, solve it. If there's still something in the past that's getting on your nerves that you never clarified or you never said, this is the time. If you're going to restart, you're going to refuel. This is the time to say it. This is the time to let it all out. You don't want to start with more hidden feelings. You don't want to start again with more hidden emotions and unsaid things. This is the moment you want to get it out. So let go of the past. Don't drag yourself into someone's past and don't drag them back into it either. Right? Don't drag someone back into their past because that drags you with them. That is step number three. It's a really, really important one to recognize and remember. Step number four. This is probably one of my favorite things to do and I recommend doing this even with people that love you and you love, right? Like this is one of those things that I would do it with anyone. I think it's a beautiful thing to do. And I did it for my wife this year for her birthday. And some of you saw that I posted on Instagram. She turned 29 this year. 
And I came up with 29 qualities that I see in her. And it was a really fun exercise for me to do as well, because I didn't just want to pick obvious things. I want, I was like, she's my wife. I've, you know, we've been together for six years. We've been married for three years. And I want to, you know, really think about what impact she has in my life and who she really is and the qualities she has. So this exercise is make a list of every quality you like it about the other person and explain them and write about them deeply and share it with them. This is so beautiful to do at the rebuilding process because at this time, remember, the wounds are still open. Remember, the trust is still frail. Remember, the feelings and the emotions are still fragile. It's so important to build foundational trust and that happens when you take the time to deeply recognize the goodness in the other person and the other person takes the time to deeply recognize the goodness in you. And this is why it's about the qualities and sharing moments maybe where you saw those qualities in action, where you actually saw those qualities being demonstrated, right? It's easy to say to someone, hey, I think, I think you're a really kind person, but then it's harder and you're more of a friend if you can actually tell that person an example where you've seen their kindness. So I would recommend writing down, I would say, I'm not going to ask you to do 29, don't worry. I would say, I would say write down seven, write down seven qualities of that person and seven things, seven moments, seven experiences where you have witnessed that quality in that person, because that exercise will build so much rapid trust right? And I'm not talking about speeding up trust because you can't speed up trust. But what I mean by rapid is it's accelerated, not just by speed, but by depth. And it will also make you realize why you're here. See, when you write down these seven things and those seven moments, you'll be like, yeah, I love this person, right? I should be excited about rebuilding with them. Like, I'm stupid to miss out on this person, right? Usually, you know, when you first meet someone, all you do is talk about how good they are and how amazing they are. And as you spend more time with them, their negative things don't grow. They just become more apparent. And now you let those negatives overshadow and overweigh the positives. So you talk about those more. That's all that's happened. And so now you have to allow the positives to resurface. You have to allow those beautiful qualities to resurface. So when you do this activity, you actually not just make the other person feel better. You actually remind yourself of why you're in this relationship. You strengthen the relationship for yourself and recommit and remind yourself, right? You remind yourself why you started in the first place. It's a really empowering thing for you as well. So this is beautiful. This is, this is really great. I hope you're uh, really, really enjoying this. I hope you're learning from this. I hope this is being really, really powerful right now. And, and uh, I hope, I hope this is really resonating with you. So Step number five, you have to set expectations together. It's not about going back to how things were. I think this is one of the biggest mistakes we make in our relationships is the conversation is how do we go back to how things were? And I actually think this is a huge mistake. I think this is actually one of the biggest reasons why we trip up in relationships because we're always trying to go back to how things were 
and not creating the new, right? We're not creating the new. And the truth is that when you're trying to go back to how things were, you're always trying to recreate something that was beautiful then, but it may, may not, not make sense now. And we get so caught up trying to go back to things that we miss the fact that we're growing and there can be so much more to explore. And you, when you try to go back to something, you forget that you've both changed, you've evolved, you've transformed, you've grown, and you're actually ignoring all of that. So it's so important to set expectations together of what you think you want this relationship to look like, but you don't want it to about uh, want it to be about, oh, let's go back to how things were. Oh, let's go back to the first place that we had our date. There's nothing wrong with that. It's a good activity. But remember, it will be a different experience. And don't be sad if it's a different experience. I think that's where we struggle. We get sad if we do the same thing twice and the second time is different. Right? We think of everything as worse or better, but actually we should see it as different. Every experience is different. When you see the sunset every day, it's not necessarily that the sunset is better or worse. It's different. Right? We have to start seeing experiences as diverse as opposed to good and worse. Right? We have to start seeing experiences as diverse as opposed to uh, good and worse or good and bad or... You know, that's, that's how we have to start looking at things. So don't get lost in the trap of trying to go back to how things were. Build and create the new. That's step number five. Now, step number six, set regular check-ins. Communication is not just one-off. This isn't like a, a annual general meeting and that's it, it's done, right? We had this meeting once and we hope we figured it out and it's all done now. You have to set regular check-ins. Make sure you check in every two weeks, every month, right? To see how things are going, how you're progressing. And you're thinking, wow, Jay, this sounds so like, this sounds so organized and structured. This isn't love, this isn't a relationship. Well, guess what? Last time you tried it the other way, that didn't end up with a love and relationship either. Try this way. Why? Because you've got two minds, two lives, two totally unique experiences. How can you not need communication? And one of the biggest, biggest issues in relationships is a lack of communication. And the only way to solve that is to set regular check-ins. I recommend once every two weeks, once every month, looking at your list of notes, looking at your commitments, looking at your expectations, checking in with each other, showing each other that you care, showing each other that this is important, right? Showing each other that this is valuable Sh and, and sharing with each other what's going right and what's not going wrong. And this is where we have to not judge each other. When you know both of you are trying, you have to give each other the benefit of the doubt. And you have to say, I know you're trying this, but this is what I'm looking for. And I know I'm getting this wrong too. And you continue that conversation in a non-defensive, non-judgmental way. Try this out. Number seven is prioritize the things that you find. When you learn that your partner needs something, when you learn that this person needs something, prioritize that. Don't just pass it off as a key piece of information that you apply to a birthday. Use it. It's powerful information. Act on it. Act on it as quick as possible. Don't just let it go. Don't just let it be. Don't say, oh yeah, I'll deal with it when it comes to Christmas or Valentine's Day. Act on it. Anything that you learn about that person, start acting on it now. It builds trust, develops growth. It's so, so powerful. And so many of us don't do that. We learn something about someone, but we don't act on it. Act on it immediately. As soon as you learn about something, something about someone, act on it. And this is a good principle overall. When you learn something about someone, act on it. 
guess what? They'll remember it, you'll remember it. And it builds a really nice environment. If you learn that someone likes a particular type of restaurant, take them to that restaurant. If you learn that someone likes a particular type of gift, get them that gift. Whatever you learn about that person, put it into action. And point number eight, patience and passion go together. If you care, if you're passionate, you got to be patient. It's going to take time. The old cliche, it's going to take time, but it's true. Patience, persistence, passion, all go together, all go together. And patience, persistence, and passion will get you there. Again, checking that it's mutual. Again, checking that you're in it together. Again, making sure that this is a team partnership, making sure it's a team effort, and then you'll move in completely the right direction. So these are the eight ways to rebuild, restart, refuel, renew your relationship. And these are really conversational, discussion-based pieces. This isn't just about shoving the issue under the carpet. This is actually getting to the root of the issue. So the eight of this, number one, mutually agree to work on this. Number two, take individual responsibility Number three, let go of the past. Number four, make a list of every quality you love about them. Number five, set expectations together. Number six, set regular check-ins. Number seven, prioritize the things that you found out. And number eight, patience, persistence, and passion. There is no substitute. As long as that's mutual, it's the right place to be. I hope that this episode is going to help you rebuild those relationships. The 75-year-old Harvard study has been quoted to show that relationships are the number one cause of happiness. And of course, if something causes you so much joy, it can also equally cause you so much pain. I'm, I'm praying and meditating and hoping that these insights help you in your life, no matter how hard they sound or idyllic they sound. Like I said, I have seen this change lives, implement it, use it make it practical, do it in your own way, do it in your own style, do it with your own language, but do it and try it out maybe on a relationship where you actually see things going in the right direction. See, these things don't always have to be reactive or responsive. We can be proactive with these things. Doing this in a relationship that works is a beautiful place to start. This applies to every relationship in your life. Don't limit your potential, don't settle. I can't wait for you all to grow with this. Thank you so much for listening. Let me know what is the top one that you're trying out, how it's working for you. I love seeing your growth. Make sure you leave a review if you haven't. I'd love, love, love for you to leave a review on the podcast. It means so much to me that we now have nearly like 9,000 five-star reviews or thereabouts. It's so, so incredible. I'm so grateful to each and every single one of you. Thank you for being a listener of On Purpose and more than a listener, thank you for being a contributor. Thank you for being a part of the community. I'm so grateful to have you here. Thanks for listening.